Welcome to the Mind Money Spectrum Podcast, where your hosts, Aaron Ogti and Trishal Patel, go beyond traditional finance questions to help you explore how to use your money to achieve the freedom you want in life. Hi, my name is Aaron Ogti. I'm a financial advisor in the Bay Area, and I'm here with Trishal Patel, a wealth manager on the East Coast. Hey, Aaron, great to be here today, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Great to be here as well. So one of the things we talk a lot about is kind of how we try to help our clients, probably by kind of by setting an example of things related to happiness and well-being. We try to be very conscious and intentional about what makes us happy and what would improve our lives. And therefore, we can apply those same lessons to helping our clients. <clears throat> things like spending time with friends and family um, and trying to have activities to look forward to. And these are really important. And one of the things I love is playing fantasy football. And so I mentioned this to Trishel a while ago, and Trishel explained that he has never played fantasy football. And like, well, like, like, it's a good context for getting other friends. And like, just, I, I was already watching NFL games. I played football in high school. I just, I love football anyways. And Trishel gets like, no, literally, I don't know anything. So I was trying to describe it and realize, like, we need to go super, super basic. Um, and so this episode's kind of for our own fun uh, of how do I play fantasy football. This is this is Aaron trying to teach Trishel how to play fantasy football. Uh, we're going to relate a little bit of math and probability and value and randomness. And so you'll see some of the things that we talk about sound like when we've talked about markets and stocks, because there are similar lessons there. Um, but in the end, it's going to be not the, the math and kind of playing the markets. That is the fun part. It'll be the other kind of impacts on my life that I'll go into a little deeper that really drive kind of the, the happiness, like where I derive happiness from fantasy football. So, Trisha, before we start, uh, I want to kind of make it clear. I have already drafted all my teams. And again, this you don't have to know that yet. I'll, I'll get to that. And a lot of what I will be telling you is the same things I told my kids because we drafted our first family fantasy football league with their cousins and so my youngest he's six he's on a team with me so we drafted together but my nine-year-old she's able to draft her own team so that's kind of and like the 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 cousins the 10 11 and 12 year old like they they kind of got it pretty quickly and they know what they're doing but like that's roughly the level of math and understanding that you need to get to so it's almost like there was a tv show like are you smarter than a fifth grader or something like that it's like it's uh just things that you start to learn about that age this is kind of all you need to know it's not a mentally taxing activity so low bar here's how we're gonna have fun so given that so again teams are drafted uh the first week has actually already happened in the nfl um so uh, this, that'll ha- kind of help provide some context. We actually get to see what it looks like in practice, kind of, instead of like, here's all the possibilities in the future. 
So that helps the conversation. Uh, unfortunately, means of kind of if you wanted to learn how to play fantasy football, one, you shouldn't be coming to a financial advisor podcast, I guess. But two, a lot of things we talk about will help you next year. But so getting started, Trishel, do you have any opening question that you'd like to start with as it comes to fantasy football? Oh boy, where, where do we begin? I, I mean, I, I'd say very initially, I'm just very excited to be honest. Uh, okay, this is a complete green field for me. I think uh, maybe I'll, I'll just preface it with the most I know about football is I just watch random games throughout the year. I'm not really attached to any particular team, okay. although. Uh, w- Maybe what kind of got me closer to the inside view of football is I, I have seen a couple of seasons of the All or Nothing show on Amazon Prime. Have you heard of that, Aaron? Uh, <laughs> I think that's Amazon Prime's version of uh, Hard Knocks, which has been a long time HBO show. Ah, okay. Well, well, that opens uh, some new avenues for me to explore. So, so yeah, I've never actually all seen nothing, all. Go, go and describe all or nothing. Really yeah. Quick. So w- what they basically do is, at after the end of a given season, they'll release the season itself. And what they have showed, or what they show, is they were following one particular team inside for the entire season. And they'll pick a random team each year. I don't know how they pick a team actually, but like for <laughs> example, the first year they picked the Cardinals. This was back in 2016, and they followed them for that whole season, and you got to see exactly what was going on, you know, with the games and uh, the players, and you get a real in-depth view. And for me, it just gave me a, a completely different perspective on what actually happens when you know people show up on Sunday to, to watch. So that is a great experience for watching and learning about football. Uh, especially at the pro level, you start to see kind of what their practices look like, kind of what some of the contracts and player evaluations and team structure and which guys get cut and kind of, and these people, this is their job. And so like, can you get a lot of the humanization behind what the players are actually going through in their lives other than what you see on the field? And so uh, I do tend to like shows like that because you really start to understand, like, sometimes they have bad days. Sometimes they are dealing with stresses outside of work and it carries over and just it really helps you understand, like, these are professionals that this is their job and they treat it like a sometimes like it's not like a nine to five. They have their own different schedule, but they have to do their work just like you have to do your work at your job. So I, I tend to really like those shows. Unfortunately, it has almost nothing to do with fantasy football. <laughs> so, uh, it's the best case scenario. Kind of reminds me of our our inflation conversation. Of given all the information that you learned from that show, you might have been able to do something better nine months ago. <laughs> like that's the best case scenario if you learn anything. And, and I'll get I'll get into kind of why that's the case a little later. So I'm glad that you enjoyed the shows, but it has nothing to do with fantasy football. I'm even more excited now. Okay. So uh, quick intro on kind of scoring and format. The, the basic idea with fantasy football, you'll have an even number of teams. Uh, 8, 10, 12 are pretty common. Sometimes you can go as deep as 14 or 16 teams. 
but you have a certain number of teams in a league. You each team gets to start one quarterback. Uh, you can actually uh, design different teams. So some leagues might have different categories if you can start two quarterbacks. But a very common structure would be you start one quarterback, you start two running backs, two wide receivers. You probably have some kind of flex that could be a wide receiver or a running back or a tight end. Uh, you start one tight end, you start a kicker and a team defense. That's why almost common format. And the key is if you start a quarterback, no one else in the league can use that quarterback. So, Trisha, please pick a random quarterback that you think is good that you've okay, heard I'm of. I'm going to pick my quarterback um, because it is completely random. Okay. Uh, so the, the preference here is I, I did a little bit of homework and I started a fan. I joined up with a fantasy football league before this conversation a few weeks ago, in fact. And um, there has been a game, but actually I don't even know what that means because I, I, I just logged in for the first time about 10 minutes ago. So okay. we're, we're starting fresh. I don't, I don't even know where my team is, but maybe that's what my roster is. Yes. So click your roster. Okay, so I'm in my roster, and my QB is Hertz uh, from Philly. Jalen Hertz, uh, great fantasy quarterback. This is actually a good example for, for our conversation today. He's actually a, probably a better fantasy uh, quarterback than a real-life quarterback, and I'll kind of explain that as we go along. So uh, you get to start one quarterback. No one else in the league can start Jalen Hurts. Uh, you also get to start a couple of running backs, and it's the same for every position. The players on your team cannot be on any other team. So we before the season, you have to take turns picking players. That's through a draft. Most common format is a snake draft. You have a random draft, random organizer, a random draft, sorry, draft randomizer, or random draft order generator. And you pick, uh, each team picks one player. In the second round, whoever picked last in the first round picks first in the second round. So... Oh. Uh, you kind of keep going back and forth. That's trying mm -hmm. to make it even and fair. So whoever picks first also has the 20th pick. Whoever picks 10th has the 11th pick. Uh, that's kind of how you design a, design a team. So I got that, but you also mentioned there's some team parameters. Who, who decides that? Uh, so that, that would be the, the league. Uh, so okay. it could be the commissioner. Kind of however the league wants to play. Uh, so if... Because again, if there's 10 teams in the league and uh, you're each playing one quarterback, you're also you're starting 10 of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Hmm. Uh, what you could do, and this is unusual, but it uh, happens often enough, is you could start two quarterbacks. Where now you're playing, you're starting 20 of the 32 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's a that's a way to play. Again, unusual, but starting one quarterback is fairly common. Uh, two running backs. So again, you'll have your draft. Whoever chooses a running back. So most common number one pick this year was Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Once he's picked first overall, no one else can choose Jonathan Taylor. Right. And so... Uh, that's that's kind of what makes this interesting is you have these collection of players that you're cheering for and no one else in the league has those same players. And so the draft is how you select these players in order or kind of uh, you have your draft order. You select them in a, called a snake draft. 
because it goes back and forth, round to round, and you fill out your roster and your bench. So you get draft a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers. You probably want more backup running backs, wide receivers, a tight end, kicker, defense. Right. So you selected your team. Uh, then you put them in the starting lineup. So some formats, uh, Yahoo and ESPN are the most common formats for uh, sites that host fantasy football, but they're actually a lot more. But those will uh, sometimes put them automatically in your starting lineup. Sometimes they go to your bench and you have to actively start them. So you can, if you're logged in, you can check and kind of go back to week one or check your matchup or check your record to see if you got points from your draft or if you got zero. Okay, I think things have happened in week one because I do see some fan points, which I think means fantasy points. Yes. Uh, so if you click on your league, try click. Uh, uh, so instead okay. of roster, click now. league. Yeah. Do you see standings uh, that kind of show if you won or lost? Hey, your first I'm game? first. Okay, so that uh, that actually does happen with auto drafts sometimes. That you, if you remove the emotion and go with the passive strategy, you worked out worked out pretty well. Hey, it, it, it's all part of being passive, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so you can see, so you had all your players start. So now let's go back to your roster. Okay, and I, I'd just like to say again, I, it's pretty nice to be first. <laughs> Uh, we'll see if we can keep that up. Uh, again, my nine-year-old daughter kind of uh, didn't really have any emotion going into the draft. Definitely drafted the best team. Just whoever was highest on her rankings, she took the best player available and ended up with an incredible team. Whereas most of the people in the draft uh, wanted someone that they were excited to cheer and watch. Um, uh, so, for example... This is an unusual thing, but because I'm a Chargers fan, my kids are Chargers fans, uh, Justin Herbert was drafted first overall by my daughter, by my older daughter, because she wants to cheer for Justin Herbert on TV. Again, right. great way to enjoy playing fantasy football uh, is not necessarily the best value at that pick. So her real life enjoyment of playing fantasy football may be more than her fantasy team success. Right. So I can see starting two teams. One is like the non-emotional, you know, what's best for the, you know, getting the most points. And the other is, okay, if I, I really want to just have fun, this is what I would do. Correct. Yes. That, that's actually a great way to think about it. Yes. And, and like, and you start to see some of those similar emotions of picking stocks. Like, but I want to buy Apple and Tesla because I like those companies and they're really good companies. Whereas, so we're kind of comparing that feeling uh, versus just buying the S and P five hundred. It's like it's really boring to to buy the S and P five hundred, um, unless you like winning. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> so again, that that that's we're gonna try and make those little connections, of like where those feelings come from. Okay, so so you have Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. Uh, do you want to read off? Uh, the rest of your starting lineup. Okay, so I'm going to go back to my roster. Roster, yep. Right. And my starting roster, I have... What's going on here? Okay. Oh, sorry. I got to go to my starting roster. 
which is for my team. Mm -hmm. And it looks like I have a starting roster for week one and another one for week two, but it looks like it just copied it over. Correct. Yes. Okay. So I I got Hertz as quarterback, wide receiver, Jefferson. uh, Justin Jefferson. Okay. Minnesota. Yep. I got Cup. Was it Coop? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. <laughs> uh, that's pretty amazing that you got both Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Uh, those are two of the highest scores this week, so I can definitely see why you won week one. Okay. okay. Uh, then I have Damian Harris as my running back. Okay. And Chase Edmonds from Miami, another running yep. back. And my tight end. Oh, boy. It's Albert. Uh, we'll go Albert O of Denver. <laughs> <laughs> don't, right. don't don't even know. need to bother <laughs> okay i know who you're talking about everyone else knows who you're talking about no one can pronounce it we're good okay and then my wrt which is i guess my uh, what do you call it a flex could player a, yep could be a wide receiver a running back or a tight end okay that's uh digs from buffalo uh, okay, Gabriel Davis. He also had a good week one. He played. Oh no, no, Thursday. it's Diggs. So, so oh, that's sorry, Stephon, Stephon Diggs. Diggs. Yeah. Okay, well, you got you got really really great wide receivers between Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Stephon Diggs. That that was nice. Okay, you know this makes me curious. Do you know every player in the league? <laughs> like... Uh, in fantasy, it, uh, it's possible I know every player in your league. Uh, we might get into some kind of deep enough players that if you had a large, like if you had 16 teams, you're just drafting that many more players, uh-huh. but I probably know the top 150 ish. Okay. So, again, so you, you know, the top third, because these are the best players, you know, the top correct. Th- yes. third best players in the, in the NFL. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's probably even less than that. Cause again, these are only offensive players. Uh, so fantasy, it's, it's, you can play a form of fantasy where you have individual defensive players. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is, they just don't accumulate stats consistently enough to, uh, kind of be dependable fantasy players. I see. So that there's too low of a sample data. So they just group the defense as one. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I have the Indiana defense. Okay. Indianapolis. Yes. Sorry. Indianapolis. Yeah. Indianapolis Colts defense. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm guessing that you could look at your draft results. You don't need to, but Justin Jefferson was probably your first pick. Cooper Cup was probably your second pick. It's possible Stefan Diggs was your third pick. You might have had Jalen Hurts as your fourth pick. Something like that. Um, but so when your auto draft came up, it just took the highest ranked player. And you got really good wide receivers. So again, for now, so now you know you have those players. No one else in your league has those players. Okay, I have a the question. Way, yes. There's other players on my roster who are BN. Do you know what the yes. BN? Yep. BN is your bench. So okay. those are players that are on your team. No right. one else can use them, but you don't get points for them each week. Uh huh. So the most common uses of the bench, one, uh, there are bye weeks in the NFL. So when you have a buy, you can't get any any stats from that player. Right. So you'll take someone from your bench and put them in the starting lineup. Okay. The other common one is injuries happen. Mm-hmm. So if Stefan Diggs gets hurt, you don't want to have Stefan Diggs getting zero points. 
So they'll announce, okay, he's out this coming week. You'll want to start someone, other player from your bench. Now, uh, do I got to do that myself or will they automatically yes, realize? You, you have to do that for yourself. Oh, ouch. I got so homework. You, so you probably want to check your team uh, about once per week at the minimum. Uh, at the very least, trying to check before their game. So on the ro- on the roster, it'll show you each player's game time this week. Uh-huh. And so you can see... Uh, uh, Kansas City and Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers are playing on Thursday. So, for example, if you had drafted Keenan Allen, he's a wide receiver for the Chargers. He played in week one. He hurt his hamstring. He's unlikely to play this coming Thursday. So that would be one where you would you don't want to drop him because he's a good player, but you would move him from your starting lineup as a wide receiver down to the BN, to the bench and move a different wide receiver from your bench into your starting lineup. Oh, boy. So there's, there's two things you're you're zoning in on here. The first one is, is it a bye week or not? And that's more algorithmic. But if somebody's injured, you got to make a more qualitative decision on, do you keep him or do you ditch him? Uh, in general, you want to keep the players in your starting lineup. Um, you're probably dropping players from your bench. Um, but the... Each format, Yahoo, ESPN, they will have projected scores. So you don't need to know as much. Just this guy, they think will score more points than this other this other player. So you just okay. move whoever has the higher projected points, you can move into the starting lineup. Ah, uh, so I, I imagine there's probably a setting. I'm all about the set it and forget it here. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I wanted to say, you know, just automatically set my 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 roster for a given week based upon the highest ranking projection. Uh, there is, that's actually, that's a really good recommendation. There is no such setting. Um, but there's usually kind of start sit advice. So they're getting better about making those recommendations for you. But again, the Yahoo site and the ESPN site, they make money from ads when you come to visit. So it would oh, not surprise it. me. They still need you to go to the page. They'll make it as easy as possible for you. Right. But you still have to go to the page to actually do it. I see. I see. Okay, so if I'm doing this once a week, when's the best time to go so that I don't miss an opportunity? Uh, at the if, if you only did it once per week, probably Sunday morning. Okay. Um, where most of the games happen on Sunday, that's where you have the most injury information. Right, right. The concern there is you have already missed the Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, if Keenan Allen was in your starting lineup and you forgot to take him out and you don't check until Sunday, then you, you get a zero in that starting spot. Right. So ideally you're checking two or three times per week, usually kind of something on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then uh, kind of um, there will be players who are questionable. That's the Q status uh, where they are probably practicing a little bit. They might be able to play, but they don't know yet. And you would want to check. They have to announce 90 minutes before the game starts. Is that player active or inactive? 
And so they have to change that Q to either O, meaning they're out, or uh, they remove that questionable status and there's, then they're playing. Um, so that's kind of like you ideally be like Tuesday, Thursday, then, or sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, kind of which players, how'd you do last week? Do you need to pick up any players? Cause they're, they're injured out for the season. Is your kicker on a buy? Like, like things like that. Um, then probably right before the Thursday game. Uh, just if you if you have a player play on Thursday, if you don't have a player play on Thursday, then you don't need to look at it. And then again, probably Sunday morning before the games on Sunday. Okay. Okay. So basically, there are decisions that you can make that are um, less emotional, but they still want you to make them. Correct. Um, and part of this is you know not forgetting, right, or not missing out on just low hanging fruit. Correct. Exactly. So it's like kind of minimum amount of work, but you still have some. Okay. So, because uh, most people don't sign up for fantasy football to ignore it. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they tend to sign up to be engaged. Right. So, okay. So you want to set uh, kind of set your lineup. Then based on your starting lineup, so the, guy, the players that are not bench, not BN, uh, you will score points that particular week. Uh, most common for quarterbacks, you score one point for every 25 passing yards. So that's uh, 0.04 per passing yard. Uh, I think four points for 100 passing yards. And you'll score either four or six points for a passing touchdown, again, depending on league format. For... Wider, uh, you also get a negative one or negative two for interceptions thrown. So there uh -huh. are penalties for bad plays. For wide receivers and running backs, you get one point for every 10 yards rushing or receiving. Hmm. You get six points for every touchdown they score. You'll get negative two for every fumble they lose. And uh, some, some leagues, about, I'll say half of the leagues, will add a point per reception. So every time they catch the ball, you get one one catch. That's enough of a split that most sites you see that provide any kind of rankings will say uh, PPR or non-PPR. Point per reception or non-point per reception. Wow. And uh, so that's that's how the scores work. Kickers, you get kicks for you get points for extra points. Every field goal you get three points. Unless it's a longer field goal, you could get four or five points. Uh, team defense usually start with about 10 points because uh, the the score is zero. Then as the opponent scores more points, that part goes down. So what the final score is, if the team has allowed six points or fewer, you'll get seven points. If they allow seven to 14, you get fewer points. Um, if they allow a lot of points, so if they give up like 35 points, you could get negative uh, team defense will also get a point for sacks. We'll get a couple points for interceptions um, or fumbles recovered. They uh, tend not to get points for tackles, but some sites might might do that. Uh, and if there's a defensive touchdown, you'll also get six points. So, so kickers and defense tend to be significantly more random. 
and not that much of a difference from team to team. Uh, it actually tends to be a bigger driver of who they're playing against. Uh, kind of whichever defense is playing a bad offense that week might might do best. So, uh, and like if you can get a defensive touchdown, that tends to provide uh, kind of unpredictable random success. That's not an indicator of future uh, future success. So a lot of the recommendations are focusing on quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and tight end. And then kicker and defense, you can just kind of play it by ear. Um, so like, here's a good example. I pulled up one of my legs. I have Harrison Butker. He is the kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this past Sunday, he hurt his ankle on a kickoff and... They needed to use their emergency kicker, who was a safety named Justin Reed, who came in and was actually really impressive as an emergency kicker. So that's not his normal job in the NFL. Really impressive. Several good kicks. Uh, also, I think missed a couple kicks. But um, Harrison Bucker was able to come back in and kick, try a field goal later in the game. And so he is currently listed as questionable. And... Because he was injured but came back in, he might be able to play on Thursday. I don't know. So I'll have to check, is the kicker playing in the Thursday night game? If not, I will drop the kicker and pick up another random kicker. Uh, But I'm not – but you have a finite number of roster spots. You can only have the same number of roster spots. So it is not worth – carrying two kickers one on my bench one in my starting lineup i would just drop the kicker Hmm. whereas several running backs and wide receivers it is worth keeping them even if they're not playing that week so that's where a little bit of the uh kind of next nuance of the level of of managing your lineup comes into play Okay, so a, a couple of things. Like in my mind, I'm thinking, well, okay, how do they decide how to figure out how many points, you know, gets translated from, you know, yards versus touchdowns versus, you know, interceptions? Do you, do you think they ran some sort of optimization and said, okay, with these weights, for, you know, attached to these different um, types of parameters that we could be tracking? this will lead to a good representation of the goodness of, you know, a given player. Uh, no, because when fantasy football and fantasy sports in general were first created, one, the internet didn't exist. So a lot of it was you would get the newspaper the next day and have to manually track scores. And so a lot of it is just kind of based on limited box scores, limited information, how many points can you apply? And then also keeping the math kind of easy. So hmm. uh, very early on, again, probably 70s and 80s, you'd get a newspaper and they would give you a box score, box score like here's how many passing yards and passing touchdowns and interceptions. Like what's possible that just those are the only three stats you got. <laughs> here's how many uh, catches. Here's how many uh, receiving yards and how many touchdowns they scored. Ah, so, so then do you know if it's been the same translation from, you know, for example, yards to points and, you know, touchdowns to points this whole time? Uh, pretty much. The 
The one point for ten pass or one point for ten rushing receiving yards is pretty consistent. Um, six points for touchdown. Like I think that's probably where the uh, base is because a touchdown is actually worth six points in real life. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and that that kind of kind of gut feeling felt about right. If you scored a hundred yards, or if you ran for a hundred yards and scored ten points, that's uh about the same as scoring 40 same number of points as 40 yards plus a touchdown. Okay. It passes a, a smell test. Kind of. Yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. Um, one change that has happened probably in the last decade or so is more and more leagues and formats have adjusted passing touchdowns down from six points to four points. Hmm. Uh, that is kind of one of those, the, passing touchdowns have been climbing as just passing has become more efficient in the NFL. Uh, rules changed about a decade ago, uh, a little longer. To, that made um, some of the defensive rules for uh, defensive backs uh, a little stricter. So they had to give a little more space to wide receivers. So passing became a little easier. It's become a little more prevalent. It's shown to be a little more efficient. And quarterbacks and receivers have just gotten better and more accurate. And so quarterback numbers have been going up dramatically. And so one of the ideas to rein that in is make passing touchdowns worth four. But if you catch the touchdown, if you're receiving the touchdown, it's still worth six. Uh, So I play in, I think, a couple leagues that have four points per touchdown and other leagues that have six points per touchdown. So it does kind of go both ways. Well, okay. So a couple of things. It's interesting that there is these minor nuances that are there. And, you know, my my quantitative, um, you know, trader mind is thinking, well, here's an opportunity to get an edge, right? For example, if, you know, this formula was based on a, you know, a, a heuristic that it wasn't quite accurate in terms of representing the true performance of a, you know, for example, for a quarterback, right? Yeah, you could run the data and see if there is a strong differential between the amount of points that are you know projected based upon you know this formulation versus a formulation that's kind of more accurate to what actually happens, and then you could use that to make your picks. Uh, the short answer is yes, that happens. Fantasy football has become a pretty big industry. There are multiple sites that will provide custom rankings depending on your league's specific scoring format. Right. And so, probably using more fancier math, you know, like weighting things differently and pulling in information differently and, and coming up with a, a more um, adaptive, maybe even algorithm, you know, than sort of a fixed. Uh, s- some of the more advanced ones will kind of give some kind of uh, what what they'll try and do, so this is not as deep as I expected to get to today, but I think you'll find this interesting. They will give some kind of uh, fundamental analysis of a team, and they will say, okay, we think our te- this team is this good at passing the ball, this good at running the ball. They, ha- they have to su- make some kind of ranking there. Um, and it could be uh, usually one of the most common ones is 
expected points added per pass or rush because uh-huh. you can actually get granular like uh how efficient they are at throwing the ball or running the ball as a team right uh then you can actually uh provide a couple extra layers one you're going to try and predict on that team who is going to how many how often are they going to pass versus run and this is you can use kind of coach history, team uh, structure, and team philosophy. So, okay, we think they're this good at throwing the ball, this good at running the ball, and they're going to throw the ball sixty percent of the time and run the ball forty percent of the time. Then you can also of the players on that team, what, how often are they going to be carrying the ball on the run uh, if they if the team runs it, or how often will they be the target of the pass when the team passes it? So, okay, this really good wide receiver is going to get targeted 25% of all passing plays. This second best receiver is going to target 20% of all passing plays. The tight end gets 15. You kind of you can spread that out across the dozen or so potential targets on a team. Right. And on the running backs, okay, the main running back is going to get 60% of the carries. The second running back is going to get 40% of the carries, uh, or maybe like 35 and then other running backs and or quarterback get number of carries. So you can get these pretty good uh, out like starting data sets of how good the team is and how good are the players on that team. Then you can actually compare that to opposing defenses across the entire season. So you can actually look at kind of strength of schedule where they have more teams that they're playing against that have good defenses versus other teams will have bad defenses. Then you can actually introduce a Monte Carlo simulation of given the expected range of possibilities for these individual players, here's what the average number of yards that they'll uh, run or catch and touchdowns that they'll score. And so some of the more advanced kind of fantasy rankings will say we think this this player is going to uh, run for 1093 yards they're going to have 237 receiving yards and they're going to score 8.2 touchdowns and like they, they can't actually like, be that precise but this is the median of that Monte Carlo simulation right and then like okay uh, Tom Brady is going to throw for 5,067 passing yards, 34.5 passing touchdowns, and he's going to run for 10 yards because he just never runs. Whereas Jalen Hurts is going to throw for 3,375 passing yards and 26.2 passing touchdowns, but he does run a lot. So he's also going to carry the ball on running plays 77 times for 487 yards and he'll score 5.3 rushing touchdowns. And so now what you apply that, is this a six point per passing touchdown league or a four point per passing touchdown league, the scoring on the passing yards versus scoring on the rushing yards and most sites came to the conclusion that Jalen Hurts will probably score more fantasy points than Tom Brady. Even though in real life, 
Tom Brady would be considered a better real life quarterback and actually will have likely more passing yards and more passing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts will probably score more fantasy points. Right. And that gets to what I said earlier about how Jalen Hurts uh, is a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real life quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It's the understanding that given the point system, this is geared so that he's likely going to have more points based upon the way he plays. Yes. So you're not trying to predict just who's the best quarterback. It's like it's not trying to predict who's going to get the most MVP votes. Although those are right. decent correlation. You actually can do a pretty good job of breaking down based on the way they play, based on how good their team is, and especially based on how their good their opponent is. Yeah. Uh how many points that they might score, and then you can start devising your rankings that way. So it's interesting. Okay, so because I I do see the parallels now with, you know, the non-emotional approach, you know, like with investing, you just go with whatever the market expectation is and you just stick with it. But then there is this entire opportunity to pull in, you know, you, you use the word like, you know, fundamental, right? You can pull in with investing to try to come up with a better strategy, you can pull in fundamental data about what's going on with a company and do on the ground research and stuff like that to make a better prediction. Or you can kind of math it out and pull in a lot of statistical information and try to get an edge that way. You know, mm-hmm. that, that also seems to apply here. And where the subjective analysis comes into play is there's a lot of changes from season to season. There's a, there's more consistency. There's probably like, let's say 75% of kind of coaching and players are the same from season to season. And about 25% are changing. So a good example would be the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, last year they made the playoffs. Derek Carr was their quarterback. Darren Waller was their tight end. Hunter Renfro was their wide receiver. Uh, they, this offseason, they changed coaches. So they now have Josh McDaniels as the head coach. He's the former offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. So they had a new coach. And they brought in Devontae Adams. He was the best wide receiver in the NFL. He was on the Packers. He had Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback throwing to him. I believe he was second most passing uh, receiving touchdowns last year, if not top three or four, but very good wide receiver. Uh, Cooper cup probably had better stats last year, uh, but Devontae Adams has the longer track record. So Devontae Adams goes from the green Bay Packers to the Las Vegas Raiders. Most people agree Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Packers, is better quarterback than Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. And so there was a big question around Devontae Adams of if he stayed on the Packers, he might be the best wide receiver, maybe top three or four. Because, um, again, you're actually you have two. Cooper Cup scored the most points last year. Justin Jefferson has looked really good. He's also younger and more likely to... Uh, improve on last year. Jamar Chase was a rookie last year, and so he's also more likely to improve on last year. And Devontae Adams is now 29 or 30. So just based on age, he's more likely to decline. And so the subjective part is 
He's going to a new team. The team has a new head coach. While he's really good, can he repeat last year's success or is he more likely to decline? And one game in, he has looked really, really good and he has not looked like he's going to decline. And so where you drafted Devontae Adams, he is usually going in the second round for a lot of drafts. You might have gotten value there. If you were not scared by the coaching change and team change and the decrease in quarterback play, you might have gotten a really, really good wide receiver in the second round. So again, we don't know how it's going to play out for the rest of the season, but that's an example of how you can add in some of that subjective analysis on top of uh, what we can get quantitatively. Hmm. All right. So then I, am I to understand, I, I have two columns here. One is my fan points, the, the one that I mentioned where, uh, again, I'm, I'm number one for this yes. week. And then the, there were projected points. And it, it, what I'm hearing from you is that's based upon last year's data? Uh, no, that would be each individual site trying to predict based on this player's skill and usage and their opponent this week. Okay. Based Here's how many points historical games with this appointment versus yeah. this player. And so you start actually uh it tends to align with um some of the kind of gambling stats pretty well because gambling's actually provide really good market data on lots of people who are making these predictions about this particular event. And so a classic example is an over under. This is a line that uh, Vegas or gambling sites set as the total points scored in a game. They are trying to predict based on the two teams combined offenses and defenses, how many points will combine in that game. And this actually moves based on markets really effectively. Hmm. Uh, and, it, and line setters and bookmakers have gotten pretty good about getting close enough. So there's usually even the opening lines pretty close. Uh, because again, Vegas is not trying to be right or wrong. They're trying to pick a line in the middle where they get half the people betting one side, half people betting the other side, and they collect a 10% Vegas, 10% vigorous. It's like their commission on being the transaction between the winners and the losers. Right. So is that governed by market participants? Like if more people pile up on one side, they'll move the center slightly. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, uh, they will also kind of take into consideration what are called sharp betters, so professional gamblers and professional betters. If they track who is betting, and if there's more people or more money on one side, uh, they like certain betters can move the line. If they kind of they're saying, I think the Vegas line is wrong, they might move that line more quickly. Whereas a lot of casual betters tend a bit more with emotion, more popular uh, teams that may not move the line. Mm. So, okay, so, but it's again, really good market data. But right. for, for fantasy purposes, all we're going to look at is what are the over-unders for the different games comparing one game to another. So for example, this coming week, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are playing Los Angeles Chargers. Their over-under is 54.5. So they're expecting 
54 point score between the two teams. Whereas if you go to look at the New York Jets versus the Cleveland Browns, the over-under is 40.5. So the Chiefs-Chargers game, they're expecting two more touchdowns to be scored than in the New York Jets versus Cleveland Browns game. So if you were trying to decide between starting Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the running back for the Chiefs, and Michael Carter, the running back for the Jets, that's an extra data point that would come into consideration. And that's actually what the sites are trying to do for you anyways. They're already taking that information into play. And they say, that's why Clyde Edwards-Alaire may have a higher projected fantasy points than Michael Carter of the Jets. Because they're taking that into consideration already. They're doing that work for you. Oh, it's interesting. So when I click on more details, for example, for week two for Mm -hmm. Hertz, I can see that they're going to be against Minnesota, right? Yes. And I see their their fan points are the, the... I guess these are the historical fan points um, for every single week. So it'll show uh, the bold will be week one that has already happened. The light gray italics will be projected in the future. Ah, okay. Okay. So then we know that he's going to be pretty much within a tight range. I see he's going to be, you know, between 20 and 24 ish. But it, he looks like a pretty consistent player in the in the low twenties. Is that, is that a good number? Twenties. Yes. Yeah, so Jalen Hurts will. He's probably definitely. It's very likely going to be a top ten fantasy quarterback. He is capable of being the number one fantasy quarterback because he runs so much. Uh, but probably in the top three to six. Uh, that, that's a very likely uh, possibility. Um, what you're also looking at. Let's see. I can probably. Uh, look at something very similar for you. I'm going to pull, the, pull this. Should be able to see almost the exact same thing. But again, what I look at will be slightly different because my t- my league scoring is different. So you can see, for example, in week four, they're playing against Jacksonville. Uh, and week five, they're playing at Arizona. And there's a drop in the projected fantasy points. By about wow. two. Right. So they're saying just based on either uh, quality of the defense, pace of play, um, uh, how, kind of where as if it's home or away, they're making slight adjustments to how many points they think that player will score. It is, again, also like this is closer to the market's going to average 10%. Right. But you're not going to, it's, unusual get 10%. You'll get somewhere between like a uh, 25 and negative 5. That's your one standard deviation. Fantasy might have a standard deviation. I'm going to guess on the scale of 5 to 7 points. Uh, I mean, that's probably, that's probably too high. Probably 3 to 5 points. So Jalen Hurts, his, his range will be uh, without without injury, uh, probably something like ten to forty five. That'd be like a ninety five percent. If I had nine five to forty five, that'd probably be my five percent. So it's probably uh, what two standard deviations would be twenty 
two down to five and going up to like 23. Yeah, I like, I like that. So it's probably like a, uh, it's 95%. That's two standard deviations, right? I think it might, yeah. It was 68, yeah, 90, right. yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's probably a standard deviation of 10, something like that, maybe seven to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that's realistic. Yeah. And you know, again, some quarterbacks will have a higher standard deviation, a wider range. Other quarterbacks will be pretty narrow. Jalen Hurts is actually probably one of the more narrow ones because he is not dependent on um, uh, passing yards as much. He is much more used in the running game. So the, the running game part of a running quarterback is a little more consistent than passing game usage. There was uh, one more column here. It's percent start. Yes. So that's other, that's good market data of across all formats. How many teams have Jalen hurts on their team and are in the starting lineup versus on the bench. That's a also really good. If you want to follow the crowd of 97% are starting Jalen hurts or 99% are starting Jalen hurts. Uh, whereas you get another, like your, I think you said Damian Harris. Yeah. As running back. That's probably a lower, I'm going to guess, 40 percent ish i was about to mention that yeah should i be concerned here harris is only 34 should i swap him out uh it depends on who's your bench do you have a running back that is a higher start percentage oh i see now okay no i don't i have stevenson who is at 21 percent. so that's why uh, is that ramon j stevenson yeah okay so uh this is a good again next level of nuance uh this is why you draft bench players that you may not expect to start. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are on the same team. They're both on the New England Patriots. So as long as they're both healthy and both being used, then they kind of both are getting that like 40 to 50% uh, of the carries. So I don't have this kind of the breakdown. If one of them gets injured or one of them performs significantly better, one of them could be a really quality starting quarterback if they start getting 60 to 70% of the carries. But as of right now, we don't know which one that will be. Mm. Ramondre Stevenson is younger, uh, again, more likely to be on an upward trajectory in his career. Damian Harris is more experienced, but also a little older, more likely to be on a downward trajectory. So it is okay to have both of those guys. And for right now, you'll start Damian Harris, but based on how well they do in the next few games, you that might change moving forward. But that uh, percent start is a really good quick guide. If you just take whoever has the higher percentage and move them into the starting lineup, you'll yeah. probably do just fine. Okay. Uh, so th there's a button here that if I click it, it says it'll automatically start my active players. Uh. Yes, yeah, so that helps you if someone's on a buy or they are injured and announce that they're out. Um, that that will help with that. Oh, okay. So that's all I have to click. And you know, it's interesting. There's a button next to that that says I can get the winning edge by upgrading to start optimal players with Yahoo <laughs> Fantasy Plus, and I get a free seven day trial. Yes, yes. Again, uh, this is a for profit business <laughs> that does not cost you anything. And as you mentioned, if, if you're not paying, then you are the product. Right. So I, I can do better than what I'm doing now by getting some insight from 
the statistics team at Yahoo on how I should be starting my players? Um, yeah, uh, I, I do not pay for that. Also, I'm not like I'm, on, I'm doing it from my own research, but I think it's like, he, do you follow Motley Fool or Jim Cramer's stock pick advice? Okay, so if if you're gonna be quantitative about it, do you outsource it, or do you go with your own proprietary model? Kind of, and honestly, like if you just go with the higher start percentage there's a decent chance you'll outperform that anyways. <laughs> I, I, I remember we had, um, what, what do you call it? The Sweet 16 back in um, high school. That basically, one of the teachers used to do that, where if you beat him, you got like a, an A for like a quiz or something like that. Okay. And apparently nobody beats him, but I, I came close. My, my algorithm was just dividing the wins by losses and <laughs> using that to rank who would go on to the next bracket. So what you're saying is a simple heuristic here would just be take the highest percent start. And, and... Uh, I'd say a slightly better one would be the highest projected points. Okay. Um, that would be a slightly better, but those are going to be really strongly correlated. Right. I, I saw that with um, your comparison on my running backs just now. Yeah. So uh, that's a really good heuristic. So again, that's how you decide your starting lineup each week. Then each week, you'll your team will face one other team. And so based on the points you scored that week and the points the opponent scores that week, you will get a win, a loss, or technically a possible tie. But with decimal points, ties have become very rare. Uh so again, you had a lot of points and you won your first week. So if you looked at the league standings, you would see half the league is 1 and 0, uh, the bottom half of the league is 0 and 1. And you're in first because the, mo- the most common tiebreaker is points scored. So you also scored the most points across every other team in the league that week. Right. Yeah, so I had um 140 points for me and then 100 points against me. Yes. yes. So th- that means the person I played off against, he got 100 points, I guess? Correct. Yes. Okay. And then in the next week, week two, it looks like my matchup is I'm against Milwaukee Iron, who was eighth so far from week one. And... Currently, the projection is I'm going to get 118 points, and he's only going to get 105. So they're already projecting I'm going to do better than him. Correct. And they also do a pretty good job of adding a like win probability. Um, let's see if I click on that. Maybe it'll tell me. Oh, yes. I Let's see here. Probably. I'm a 61% favorite. That's a pretty healthy favorite. So again, okay. I think... You, you, uh, just between again, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jalen Hurts, and Stefan Diggs, you look pretty good. I'm feeling pretty happy here. Look at that. <laughs> so, uh, that the kind of things you'll check will be are they playing that week? Um, uh-huh. who has higher points? Uh, um, 
Who else is on your bench? Because uh, read off your bench and your kicker and defense. You have right, Colts so, defense. I forget your kicker. Yeah, my um, my bench kicker. Uh, you should not have a bench kicker. Do you okay, have? Two I don't kickers? have a bench kicker. Okay, yeah. okay. So read off the wide receivers, uh, running backs. Off you, you might have a tight end or quarterback based on an auto draft. Yeah. Um, so on my bench, I have uh, Waddle as a wide receiver. Okay. I have Brown as another wide receiver. Uh, which Brown? Oh, uh, which team? Amon. Amon. Amon's. Uh, Amon's. Uh, Amon. Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, both Watt, Jalen Waddle of the Miami Dolphins and Amon Ross St. Brown. Both of those were really good. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I, but you I, don't I, score I, points on them. You don't. So you don't get paid points based on them. Yeah, no, no, I, this makes a lot of sense now. Okay, because 79% of people will start them, but my other wide receivers are 100 each. Yes, so exactly. I, I, This all makes sense. This is coming together. Okay. Okay, I, I have Stevenson, who we, we've talked about. He's a lowly 15% starter. And I have Aaron Rodgers, who is a 45% starter. So I'm not too worried about having him on the bench as my quarterback because, yeah. again, I have... Hurts yep. at a ninety percent. My last uh, tight end is oh boy, uh, Noku. Uh, David and Joku. Joku, uh, sure. Yes. Okay. So, uh, I'll, I'll make sure. Like, like, I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm afraid we're gonna go a little long, so I want to double check that you're good on time because I still got like three other big themes for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm learning here I, this is you know when i first logged in i saw so many numbers i was thinking there's no way this it's is okay. gonna make sense to me but i, I get it this whole okay. this screen right here i i get my roster i get my picks uh, i get the points okay uh and then uh who is your kicker and my, my kicker is matt gay okay he's 94 percent, so i'm quite happy about that yep okay so the uh, the next thing we're going to get into is kind of positional scarcity. So in general, running backs are more valuable than wide receivers are more valuable than quarterbacks and tight ends. And then kickers and defenders last. Wow. Really? Because if nothing else, most teams only have one starting running back. And they will have at least two starting wide receivers. So just players on the field, you have um, uh, more wide receivers than running backs. Ah. So again, that's one aspect. The second aspect is there's 32 teams. You are starting two running backs. So you're trying to get a pool. If you have 10 teams in the league, at least 20 running backs are starting. You have to start. And quarterbacks, you only have to start 10. Uh, then also, kind of the last aspect is among quarterbacks, there's probably 12 to 14 decent fantasy quarterback options. So again, you happen to have two of them. Aaron Rodgers would have been drafted much, much later than Jalen Hurts. But if Aaron Rodgers was your starting quarterback, you would actually be just fine. Um, 
but there's probably there's a big drop off between the top about 10 or 15 running backs to the next 15 to 30 running backs. Hmm. So uh, there's more wide receivers. They'll score points, but there's just more of them. There are very few running backs who will score a lot of points, both because there aren't enough on the field and where we talked about like Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevens, they're both on the New England Patriots. Uh, you're kind of splitting that. So the Patriots are already one team that's splitting their running backs where neither has a lot of value when it comes to fantasy. And there's several teams like that. So there are probably only about 10 to 15 dependable running backs of kind of knowing this guy is going to get the majority of the carries. And then the rest are either part-time players. They could be younger and you're making projections uh, or you have to hope that someone else on the team gets uh, injured uh, or for some reason drops off. So like everyone else is, has a significant flaw that prevents them from being up there. Either, um, they're not getting enough carries. They they aren't good enough, or or they kind of, uh, or the team just isn't good enough. So there's a variety of things. So again, running backs tend to be more valuable than wide receivers. Quarterbacks will score the most points because again, passing yards and passing touchdowns will just consistently happen. So you'll get quarterbacks will be the higher point totals, but when it comes to relative value. You could have the first quarterback and the 20th running back or the first running back and the 10th quarterback, and that second combination is more likely to score more points. Really? Yes, because the difference between the first quarterback and the 10th quarterback is pretty small. Ah. The difference between the first running back and the 20th running back is much larger. I would have never noticed that. So that so that's why uh, running backs tend to be more valuable. Uh, tight ends. There's three to five tight ends that get enough work on their team that they can be worth it. They're again getting, getting to the within the tight end position. They definitely have some scarcity. This would be Mark Andrews. Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, uh, then maybe Darren Waller of the Raiders. Uh, those are probably the guys where they probably get enough work. And then after that, there's probably another eight tight ends that are kind of all mixed together. So there's like you could use a higher draft pick on one of those four tight ends or just take any of the, the guys you have lower. Hmm. So a couple recommendations for you if you wanted to get to try and become a good fantasy player. Uh, Albert O is in that second tier of tight ends. Yeah, where like, he's just one. Like he's he's a good starting fantasy tight end, but he's nothing special. Well, he's twenty five percent. So it's okay to keep him as a starter. So you could even look at your players, but you probably don't need to keep both Albert O and David Njoku. 
Hmm. You probably only need one tight end. Okay. And you're probably better off picking up another running back or wide receiver. Ah, yeah, I would get a running back. Yes. But again, would not surprise me if a lot of the other league has taken lots of the good running backs. Uh, so, but you can look yeah. through your players. So if you see go from my team to players or roster over to players. Okay. Uh, that will show you the available players in the league. Uh, and then you can actually sort by running back. And here you're actually probably better off looking at the um, the rostered percentage. Okay, so, so not I'm going to look for the available running backs. And let me filter. And these are people nobody has chosen, you're saying? Correct, yes. Now, I don't think I would see anybody who's better because, again, when I did my draft, I selected random optimal. Correct. And like, why would there be a better running back? Uh, because so, for example, yeah. Uh, um, with the San Francisco Forty Niners, uh-huh. Eli Mitchell was the starting running back. Eli Mitchell sprained his MCL on Sunday. Oh, okay. Things so he's changed. out for two months. Yes. So now Jeff Wilson Jr. is probably going to be the starting running back for the San Francisco 49ers. We don't know for sure, Mm -hmm. but that would be an example of someone that would not have been drafted, but an active fantasy player would have picked up this week. Okay. So for for example, I'm seeing uh, Hilliard is available and he has 20.4 fan points. Uh, what, what was the heuristic you said I can use to uh, go with rostered percentage? Okay. Rostered. Oh, okay. Let me start by that then. Oh, okay. So and I scratched that then uh, Elijah Mitchell, 82%. Uh, that seems like I should take him. Oh, so he's actually, so that's an interesting fan decision. Uh, someone in your league drafted Eli, Elijah Mitchell and dropped him because they don't want to keep him on the bench for two months knowing he's not going to play. So if you wanted to pick up Elijah Mitchell, he will not help your team now, but he could help your team two months from now. Ugh, I see. That actually might be worth it. I think your team actually (laughs) might have good enough wide receivers where if you can get Elijah Mitchell later on, that might be worth it. Wow, that's interesting. But uh, is that why his fan points are only it's only four fan, fan points right now? Correct, because he got injured in the second quarter of the first okay. game. Well, you know, I, I don't want to speculate too much, so I'm going to go to with the next one, and that's Jeff Wilson Jr. So, seen... so he is the backup to Eli Mitchell, so you probably want to pick up him now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I, I want him. So what, what do I do? So you're going to probably add players with a little plus sign. Um, okay. Plus sign. Okay. And yet now you have to choose a player to drop on your team. You probably want to okay. drop David and Joku. Yeah. Let's get rid of that. Where okay. is he? Good. Minus, I think. Okay. Good. Yep. And then it'll have to kind of some kind of confirmation. It'll be okay. or submit. Confirmed. Yep. Oh, look at that. I feel much better already. So okay. now yep. what is Jeff Wilson Jr.'s start percentage? 24. Wow. How did, why, why is that so low? Why, why, why? <laughs> uh, 
that'll probably change partly because we don't we don't know for sure that Jeff Wilson Jr. will be the starting running back for the 49ers because uh, they have other backup running backs on the team. Yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> take him above. Well, you know, I still might take him above Harris. And that's okay. Yes. So, uh, but what what you'll see is as you get closer to Sunday, you'll actually get more information. Okay, just I news wait. from practice will come out. So yeah. that would be like if you just waited until Sunday morning to decide between those two, that would okay. be fine. Okay. I, I like that idea. So that that's okay. the one change I might make Sunday morning when I yes. when I do my weekly check-in. Exactly. And that's also again, if your kicker is out, you go to the players to pick up a kicker that's playing. Got it. it. Um for your defense, uh again, a lot of the scoring by a team defense is determined by the opposing offense. Uh-huh. So the Indianapolis Colts are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars are projected to be a kind of worse or I guess middle offense. So that might be fine for this week. But if you looked at um, uh, the defense, so you went to go to players. Yeah. Uh, change the status, drop down to all players change position to defense and change stats to week two projected. Ah, okay. Okay. And then click filter. All players change that to defense position to defense. Yep. Uh, Change stats to week two projected. It's about a third of the way down. We're halfway down project. Oh, we two projected. Okay. Got it. And then click filter. Got it. So now this is who, the site thinks will score the most points for among fantasy defenses. And so a lot, I think um, probably leads with green Bay playing against Chicago uh, or um, San Francisco against Seattle. If I uh, sort by fantasy points, my leader is Cincinnati. Uh, don't, uh, you want to let's, so because you do week two projection, we actually want to do um, let's go with the, uh, <laughs> this will be difficult for you. Rankings, actual. Rankings actual. Okay. Um, <laughs> rankings actual. Well, actually, uh, fantasy points should work too, because as long as you're on the week two projected. I am either, on week either... two projected. Then, yeah, then ranking by the fantasy points. If I do fantasy rankings actual, I get Atlanta. Uh, that's that's a reverse order. Atlanta's going to be the worst defense. Oh, do, do you want actual to be a lower number? Yes, that's a ranking. So number one oh, is... Oh, I got it, got it, got it. Got yeah. it, ranking. Okay, Cincinnati is first, according to that. Okay. Uh, so you have week two projected, just double-checking? Yeah, under stats. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so they are playing against... Oh, you know what? I, I They're playing against Dallas. Yep, that's the right. The Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback just injured his thumb. Ah. So the Cincinnati defense is going against a backup quarterback. I see. That's why. Yep. Okay. Is he available? Um, or is he on a roster? So look for roster status. It will either have a team name if they're on a roster or it'll be free agent FA. It's FA. So uh, I should take them. Yes. So you should okay. probably pick up the Cincinnati defense and drop the Indianapolis defense. All right. I'm going to do that right now. I'm feeling much better already. All right, I'm doing that. Picked up Cincinnati, dropped in the Annapolis defense. Let's do it. 
Now, in theory, what you just said should have increased my percent chance of winning. Correct. Yes. So let's see if that has changed from sixty-one percent. So then I would go to uh, league overview matchup. Let's click on that, and now I'm. Hey, wait! I'm a fifty-six percent now. Uh. So so I'm curious why. All right, I'm gonna undo that. Can I undo that? Not really, but I don't think you should. <laughs> uh, you you can go by that. You can change it next time. <laughs> okay. I think you'll be fine. Okay. Um, but again, that's my subjective. So if you, if you lose, <laughs> if, if you lose by like five points, you can blame me. <laughs> okay. If you lose by the difference between, oh wait, 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 no, no, I know why, I know why. why. When you pick up a player, he goes to your bench. You need to go to your roster and start oh. your defense. Oh, good point. My defense isn't even being added. Oh, look at that. I would have never thought to do that. Okay, so go to my team, roster, week two, and then add in. Okay, how come I see Baltimore still there? Okay, I want to pick Cincinnati, right? Yes. Wait, okay, wait, did now you, Cincinnati's did you there. drop the Baltimore? Do you have two defenses? I do. Oh. Oh, so drop the second defense and pick up Eli Mitchell. Okay. Let's... You only need one defense. Okay. Whoops. I'll, oh, okay. I wasn't supposed to swap the defense. No, you do. So you want I mean, to. I, put... I, I wasn't. I, okay. Now I can drop Baltimore. Yes. Okay. Got it. Okay. So Baltimore. Okay. So go to. So go to players again. Players. List. Go with roster percentage. Roster percentage, defense. No, 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 because we're 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 going to have one defense. You already have the Cincinnati defense. Oh, got it, got it. This is who I want to pick up. Okay, yes. So pick up Mitchell. Yes. Okay. Was wait. All right. Now wait. Was he the wide receiver I want? He is the running back of the 49ers who will likely be the starting running back in two months. Okay, got it. Mitchell. Oh, good. And I can put him... Oh, that's great, because he's going to be on my my bench now. Correct. I see now. I see why we did that. Okay. So now, so now you now... have both the current starting running back of the 49ers, Yeah. we think, and the future starting running back of the 49ers. Okay, and now let's drop that second defense. That was yep. Baltimore, right? Yep. Okay. Let's do that. Now... So it's back to your roster. Make sure you're starting Cincinnati. I am starting Cincinnati. I got Baltimore as a backup still. Uh, What happened there? Did you click submit on the adding Eli Mitchell and dropping Baltimore defense? Okay, let's... Yeah, I don't see Mitchell. Uh, quick, get him back before somebody takes him. I feel like I'm <laughs> oh, under pressure. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. I, I think I know what happened. Okay, hold on. Sorry. Uh, because Eli Mitchell was just dropped. Yeah. So he is currently on waivers. So oh, like, I see that. I see that. So he's currently on waivers. So uh, you can only pick him up if someone else in the league who doesn't have a higher waiver priority. So, okay, so for right now, you're fine. Okay. I, so see, you'll see, I see that now. I have waiver one, days. September 17th. Yep. It'll take uh, 
It looks like three days for your league, but you'll find out if you get Eli Mitchell in three days. Ah. But if someone else in the league has a higher waiver priority, they will get Eli Mitchell. So it says waiver one. Does that mean I'm waiver, I'm priority one? Uh, no, that means you have of all the waiver claims you have submitted, you have one. I see. So, I have one waiver for September 17 to add Mitchell drop Baltimore. Correct. Yes. Okay. And then uh, I also see a pending trade between um, Scott Lusby's superb team in Milwaukee. Okay, that's somebody else. That's some okay. other. That's two teams. That's actually a so that's a great transition that we're going to get to. And I'll double check. Do you have Cincinnati is as your starting defense? I do have Cincinnati as my okay. starting defense. So now you can click matchup. Okay, let's see that again. So you should All see right. your week two matchup. I do uh, come on the top of your page. Okay. I'm 63%. You are right, you Aaron. Look at that. It got better. <laughs> okay. I'm going to so now... kill Milwaukee Yard. <laughs> okay. So now, here is the next awesome part of fantasy football. You have five good wide receivers. Okay? You have Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Jalen Waddell. I think all five of those scored a touchdown this week. Uh, you don't have good running backs. Right. I do not. I agree. So you could offer one of your wide receivers to another team and trade for one of their running backs. Ah, good point. Good point. Now this is going to be, I, I don't think I can guide you through that uh, via the podcast, yeah. uh, but you don't have to just get players on waivers. Uh-huh. You could look to trade Amon Ross St. Brown or yeah. uh, Jalen Waddle for a similar value running back. Right. There's no need to keep them on my bench where they're not doing anything. If I could get a running back that could help me this week. Correct. Look at so that. Okay. Uh, you'll have to kind of Waddle's explore like how to trade, but you also start looking at all of the teams and all of the rosters. And so it would work really well if there is another team that happens to have four running backs and bad receivers. Ah, and you could trade one of your receivers for one of their running backs. It's possible. So I, I got to specifically scout out a, a team. Correct. And that's what those other two players did. So uh, they looked at each other's rosters and came to an agreement. And now because I'm guessing you're in a public league, there's no commissioner. So all the other league can vote on it. That's designed just to prevent collusion of I'm trading a really, really good running back for a backup kicker. Like that's not a oh, fair trade. It, it's Yeah, I get to vote on this. <clears throat> yeah. So, so I'm going to vote against the trade just because if the trade is supposed to help them, why would I vote for it? Uh, because you're not a bad person. <laughs> really? But I want to win. Right? No, because this is like if you're only voting against the trade, if you think it's obvious collusion. So oh, if you think okay. it's a fair trade, then yeah, yeah they, they get to do it. Well, see, it's, I, I don't, how do I know they're not colluding? Uh, who are they, You can see the trade. You can see who they're offering a trade. Oh, you mean if they're similar, then it's obvious. But if somebody's trying to dump somebody and get something, somebody major, they're colluding. Yeah. If someone is, so who are the players in the trade? Okay, so the, the trade here is the players to trade from is from 
Scott's team, and it's an offense. Uh, let's see, Murray, Kyler Murray, and Murray uh, quarterback Murray. of the Cardinals, and uh, Godwin running back. Godwin is a wide receiver. Wide receivers. Of the Buccaneers. Yep. yep, and they want to trade from Milwaukee Iron. The people who are the, the guy I'm killing next week, right? Um, Elliot. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. Okay. Running back. And okay, let's see. Singletary. Okay. Devin Singletary. Yeah. Okay. So that... he, basically, he's trading a quarterback and a wide receiver for two running backs. So my guess is uh, uh, Milwaukee Iron. Uh, you know what? He, he's probably going to make changes. My guess is he has Dak Prescott as his starting quarterback. Without knowing anything else about the league, my guess is he has Dak Prescott, and so he does not have a starting quarterback for this next week. Well, okay, so he has Lance. Oh, uh, Trey Lance. Okay, that's a a young quarterback for the 49ers who uh, could – he has probably the widest range of outcomes among NF, any quarterback in the NFL where we yeah. don't know how good or bad he is. This makes sense to me because he's trading a 40% starter for a 99% starter. Uh, yes, but he's trading a running back at 44% for a quarterback uh, at 99. So the running you know, back. Yeah, you mentioned that's better, right? Yeah, but so that's that's probably close enough or if, if they agreed upon that. Uh-huh. There's no re- no reason to vote against. Okay, so w- what if I don't vote? Is it a vote for eventually? Uh, if you abstain, it just be a percentage based on who else actually vote. does vote. So I okay. would vote for. Okay. Um, because if you voted against just to be mean, yeah. then if you ever have a trade, they everyone else is going to vote against you. Yeah. Okay, scratch your back, my back. Okay. Well, it's not even that. It's just like this is the fun of fantasy football. Well, everyone so, everyone vetoing tra- vetoing <laughs> trades isn't fun. <laughs> so uh, I don't see a vote for though. I just see a vote against or an evaluate trade button. Okay, then just leave it alone. Okay, so it, it's either you, you don't like it or you you automatically accept it if you don't vote. I think so. Okay. I, I I don't know for sure. I uh, all of my leagues have commissioners where the commissioner approves it or rejects it. Right. Okay. But because you're a public league, uh. There's no one person in charge. Right. So, okay. So, again, uh, you could look to uh, try to trade one of your good wide receivers or someone else's running back. Yeah. So, I I got some homework on how do I, who can I get for for Waddle that'll fill in my running back hole here? Yep. So, a way to do this, this is very imprecise, but at least it's a an imprecise valuation that two people can agree is like close enough that they can start a conversation. Mm-hmm. If you go to players, and then you're going to filter all players, I would suggest going by the flex. Or I guess uh, you could do all offense. And then do like season projected. Um, yeah, this should work. Okay. okay. Yep. 
Did all not. players, all offense, season projected, and click filter. Mm-hmm. Then in the rankings, uh, you can either go with preseason or uh, – yeah, I'd probably go with preseason rankings. That okay. We're, we're early enough in the season that that still has a lot of weight. That's a good guide for the rough value of who you think. The yeah. actual is taking is based on how they have performed so far. And so you start getting like sample size issues. Like if they've only played one game, the preseason ranking probably has more weight than the actual ranking. Mm-hmm. But if there's a big difference, you want to make sure you understand why. Okay. Um, whereas if you get far enough in, then the actual starts to have more ranking, more more weight. Right. And anytime there's a difference, you can kind of take that into consideration. So like halfway through the season, there's enough data on the current season to give that the majority of the weight. Yeah. That, something like that. So okay. you can f- then on this ranking, so list 25 at a time, you find out where Amon Ross St. Brown or Jalen Waddle are. Uh, so th- I think they'll probably be on your next page. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they're probably between uh, 35. So I think yeah, 45, 47, probably in the 40s. So you could probably target a running back uh, around there. I see. So somebody who's about the same, but I can be a little optimistic. Yeah. Especially if, if they need, uh, if they find a team that kind of needs a running back. So like, uh-huh. or sorry, they kind of need a wide receiver and they have an extra running back. So you can look at kind of who has uh, AJ Dillon or who has um, Brees Hall or Travis Etienne. So Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, you can see again, if you compare that preseason ranking to the actual ranking, you can see Brees Hall and Travis Etienne, they actually had bad first games. So whoever has those two quarter running backs probably has no problem trading them away. Um, but it's like, do you think how much weight do you place on one game sample size? I'm even having trouble finding uh, Waddle here. Um, uh, so your team should either have like a red minus sign because you can drop them, or a gray uh, gray bar that kind of highlights them for you. It's interesting. I don't even see them. So yeah, did you but... select all players on status? Yeah, all. Oh, sorry, I did all available players. Okay. Yeah, so they're only free agents, so it's not on any rosters. Oh, okay, so all players. All right, that probably makes sense. And then now let's go to next twenty-five. There we go. You were right. Second page, uh, Jalen Waddle. Um, percent rostered, ninety-eight percent, and then yeah, forty-five on the preseason ranking. Yeah. Okay, so then I need a running back. So Edmonds is there. Yeah. Although he has a negative sign next to him. What, what? Oh, no, he's on my team. Duh. He's on your uh, team. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want somebody much better than that, though. So I have Dylan. Yeah. So see if whoever, again, so you kind of look at that ranking where Jalen Waddle, actually, Jalen Waddle and Amaranth Brown both had good games. Uh, AJ Dylan also had a decent game so that's why they're ranking similar so if yep. the whoever has aj dylan so now you can click on that team name so the the column roster status will show yeah, the that's team adam's name. sensation uh you can click that you can see their roster and see okay. how many running backs does that team have 
I see. Yeah, I see. He has a healthy. Oh, he good. He has a backup running back. Dylan's a backup, so he doesn't even need him. Uh, so who are his starting running back and flex? Yeah, his starting running backs are Jones and Kamara. Okay, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're both great. And yep. um, the flex dude is Connor. He's also great. And this Connor. guy is, yeah, swimming and running back. Glory. So here. if he drafts, so he has both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yeah. Uh, this is, they're both on the same team, both on the Green Bay Packers. This is yeah. very similar to you having Damian Harris and Ramon J. Stevenson. Uh huh. Except that the Packers' offense is much, much better, and both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are probably better players than Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Right. So he's probably doing the same thing, like waiting to figure out who's going to be the best. Um, but does he have another running back after AJ Dillon? Maybe. Well, he does. He has Jacobs, which I might be okay with as well. Actually, yeah, Josh Jacobs is a starting starting running back for the. Las Vegas Raiders, that one might be worth it. You might be able to at least start a conversation with him. Okay. Well, so, well, to be clear, though, shouldn't I go for Dylan and let oh, him yes. reject me first? Yes. Okay. So now you're getting into uh, like standard negotiating kind of thing. <laughs> right. I, you know, I want to set, set the bar high, and then I'll accept Jacobs if possible. Kind of, yes. And so okay. uh, and between, so you can decide between Jalen Waddell and... I'm going to say Brown, which you, one do you think is kind of worse that you'd rather give up? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather give up Waddle. And if I can pick up, this is so funny. I, I don't think I could have had this conversation an hour ago. <laughs> but but it, it actually makes sense <laughs> what I'm saying here. But yeah, if, if I could pick up AJ Dillon for, for Waddle, I'd be quite happy at this point. I agree. Yes, I think that that, that would make your team better. Okay. And it's so also I, possible it makes his team better. I, I'm okay with that because he, he already has a good um, running back thing going here. But, uh, you know, if he accepts it, his uh, wide receivers will be slightly improved. So I think he might go for it. Yep. So go ahead. And you can. So now the little um, back and forth arrows yep. are the trade icon. You can start a trade. You'll see all the players on his team. Uh, so you'll s- select their check mark, check mark next to AJ Dillon, and you'll ch- do a check mark on your team next to Jalen Waddle. Okay, and so you'll do the back and forth item on Dillon. Yep. And then on mine, I do Waddle. Where's mine? Okay, good. Check that. Then continue. Yep. Propose trade. And then send trade proposal. Okay, here we go. Wow, exciting. See, and this, honestly, this is all fun. I I love doing this, okay? But this is not the best part of fantasy football. (laughs) So I'm in a few leagues. The league that I've been in the longest is a bunch of friends from college. Uh, We've had our league going on since 2009. And I think... It might have been originally 2007, but like our current format has been to, since 2009. And so we've been playing this league for at least 13 years. For the last six or seven years, 
we have been getting together to do our draft in person every August. Uh huh. And so whoever wins the league gets to choose the city we draft in that following August. And we're flying in mostly from California, but kind of all over the country to meet and draft in person. And so this group of friends, a couple live in San Diego, a few live in LA and Orange County, a group lives in the Bay Area, one lives in Salt Lake City, Denver, Washington, D.C., and we all fly to the same city, and we spend a weekend just hanging out, and then Saturday night we, dra- we draft our fantasy football league. Neat. That's really and neat. And this, be- this league has become the context for keeping our group of friends together. We have a, a group me, uh, just an app that like we track and share conversations, but we're sharing conversations all year long. A lot of it's about sports because we're all sports fans, but it's not only about sports. And this has been a way for us to maintain that friendship and that that group and make sure it's kind of we talked about other things. This is our intentional commitment to make sure we are spending time with friends and family. I would not see my friend in Salt Lake City every year if it was not for this league. I would not see some of my friends who live in San Diego and LA. Like, those are a little easier for me. But this makes sure that we get together as friends and we do this every year. This is has the like all the good things that we've talked about about like well being and happiness. It's like spending time with friends and family, planning things in advance to look forward to. It's travel, it's experience new experiences. All of these things are wrapped up. And the fantasy football part is just kind of the context that keeps us together. And that is the best part about fantasy football. Uh, Matthew Barry was the fantasy football guy at ESPN for a long time and since moved to NBC Sports. And he wrote a book called Fantasy Life. And about maybe a third, maybe 25% of the book is kind of things about fantasy football like some of the things we talked about some of the kind of like here's interesting stories of players you predicted that did well predictions he made that turn out poorly but so much of it is the community of all these individual leagues all across the country and how this helps keep these groups of friends together and it's so many funny heartwarming stories of just how these friendships have developed and fantasy football has helped keep those groups together. And so I love that you know how to do fantasy football because next year you can teach a group of friends how to do this and you'll get together and draft. You could even draft online. You could even do a lot of drafts. It kind of doesn't matter. But like, you'll keep having conversations about this. But then you'll also have other conversations just about life in general. And this is what makes fantasy football so amazing. Such a big, important part of my life. It's like, I love doing the sports stuff. I like all the value conversations, doing the analysis. Like I'm kind of quantitatively driven anyway. Like, it fits in our conversations. Like You could feel like the randomness, the markets that it's just like Eli Mitchell was a 
middle round projected running back, but he's injured. So now here's all the other things to consider. Like th- that part's fun, but it's getting that group of friends together and having that regular rhythm of you draft every August to you uh, talk to each other throughout the year, throughout the football season. Uh, that is what really makes this amazing. And that's why I absolutely love this. And so that's why I encourage you and all of our listeners to try and find something like that. It's this. It's why I want to have this conversation today because it has all those things we've talked about of like you are mentally engaged. You are like enjoying this process. It has the regular routine and rhythms and the things to look forward to. And you get, like, how did you feel, Trishel, when you logged in? It's like, oh, I won the first week. <laughs> it's like I'm feeling the ups now. I, I hope that the downs aren't as you know negatively as bad as as the ups are. But you don't like kind of you don't get those ups without those downs. But you you still artificially created this positive feeling. But <laughs> like you feel good, and like the, there's no cost to it and that, like you get that a lot yeah. and again there will be there will be downs as well it's like oh my team is pretty bad this year like uh and there's ways to kind of make it more interesting so we actually do a keeper league where we can tr- trade current year value for future year value mm. and so uh so there's ways to kind of keep it engaged even when your team this year is bad but it's getting that group of friends together and that's Part of the reason why I started with my family uh, this year because they're they're now old enough to kind of follow the machinations and follow the kind of how this works, um, and they're going to see, like, especially with their cousins, like this provides really good context for that. Uh, but it it's so amazing from that perspective in a way that few other things I've seen have really worked. And it's, it's if you can find that league, that group of friends that does this every year, it truly is amazing. And it doesn't uh, it doesn't even have to be fantasy football. It, it can be anything similar where you have this kind of just artificial game that creates the again sense of community, like everyone coming together. Uh, creates that schedule, that thing we're looking forward to. Um, I know another friend, she does the Oscars. She has an Oscars party. She does, um, you have to, how many categories can you pick correctly? And she takes this seriously. Like she wants to win. Like she kind of, she has prizes for her Oscar party, but she excludes herself because she wins every year because she just cares about it that much. But you can make it whatever you want. But she has this group of friends that comes together to her house. And COVID kind of got in the way. But, like, she has an Oscars party. And people are, like, voting on this thing. So I, I've gotten close because I've looked up betting markets for the Oscars. Uh, I have another friend who does fantasy Tour de France. Like, I, I don't care about cycling. But when the Tour de France comes on, he's gotten me interested. And so now... He and I and a few other friends talk about cycling during it's like July. I, think. I don't even know when it is, but uh, it's a similar feeling that like people get when doing March Madness pools. 
where you don't have to know it's random enough you don't have to know anything but it still is kind of bringing that group together and kind of creating that context so uh, try this out see how you like fantasy football see if you find yourself watching Monday Night Football it's like oh man I need eight points from my wide receiver this week to win this matchup come on I'm like and like the the team that he's on will score a touchdown. You're like, ah, oh, why did that touchdown go to my guy? And but it's it's gonna create these awesome feelings for you. Again, with with almost like no cost. Like you just get to participate and have fun. And it, it really is amazing like that. So c- can you think of who you're going to invite to your league next year? Well, see, I, I know a few people who play, but I've always been reluctant. I feel felt like there's, you know, so much history that I haven't learned or so much understanding that I, I never could probably catch up on. But I, I feel, frankly, now pretty confident about what's going on here. You know, and, and I'll be really honest, when I started this conversation, I had no idea I'd, I'd know, get the, the feel of this, uh, you know, as quickly as you laid it out for me, so... I think you did an awesome job. I'm really curious. How much do you think I know? Do I know enough to be dangerous, or are we just scratching the surface here? Uh, you definitely know enough to be dangerous. Uh, in a big part because there's so much randomness mm-hmm. that even the player, even the, the kind of the people who are managing teams and they're spending so many hours on it, injuries happen. Get, like uh, randoms happen. So it's part of what makes sports amazing. Just bounce of the ball go the wrong way uh the the teams that you think are going to lose they win the teams that you think are going to win easily they lose so again you're that 63 percent favorite yes i agree you'll probably win but there's still a 37 percent chance you don't and that that's it, it's really realistic of yeah you're not guaranteed to win but there, there is again so much randomness um Injuries happen in the NFL. Uh, uh, it could be like, again, uh, you have Justin Jefferson on the Vikings, p- possibly the best wide receiver in the NFL. He could have a game where he only has two catches because he's so good, so the opposing defense double teams him every single play, and Adam Thielen, the other wide receiver on the Vikings, scores three touchdowns that day. And the Vikings win. And Justin Jefferson is happy because his team won in real life. Mm-hmm. And he did his job occupying two defenders every play. Right. But on your fantasy team, you got very few points. <laughs> that, that That's, again, there's so much randomness that knowing enough to be dangerous is all you need. Like, like um, the, uh, the marginal benefit of additional information goes down so fast. So knowing more does not help you. Like it's uh, an hour's worth of extra research might provide a one percent chance, like something like that. And so, if you're not enjoying that hour, it's not worth trying to like put in the extra time and energy. So that, that that's that's kind of what the other part that makes this a lot of fun is that 
even player, even people who don't follow the NFL and can't name the top 150 players, they can still do just as well. Again, my nine. So again, I played one week. My nine-year-old beat me by 40 points in week one. Like it's it. It wasn't even close. She picked Patrick Mahomes. I drafted Aaron Rodgers later. Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns. He's not going to do that every week, but he did it this week against me. Right. So, again, there's so much randomness that everyone can have fun doing it. Good stuff, Aaron. So, so yeah. I'll, I'll If you ask me, try and update throughout the, throughout the year. I'll try and share. Um, but start thinking and like laying the seed, planting the seeds of like getting that group together to draft. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. Okay. This, this might be our, our longest episode, but probably the most fun I've had. I, I've enjoyed it immensely. I don't think I've learned so much in so little time in a long, long time about something that I never thought I would learn about. Uh, I love I love the way you phrase that. That that's a great way. Love the learning on this on this podcast. So I'd be curious uh, if anyone else wants to share a fantasy football story with us, uh, whether it's team construction, disagree with the advice I gave Trishel, uh, a story from your league. I'd love to hear it. But uh, anything else that you want to share from, from listeners, I, I'd be I'd love to see those stories. Great. Yeah. Th- thanks, Aaron. I-, I enjoyed this conversation a lot. And I-, I really look forward to learning more things that I just never thought I would learn about. So th- this was really fun for me. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you're enjoying these conversations, do spread the word, like, share, and subscribe. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We appreciate you joining us today for this episode of the Mind Money Spectrum podcast. Be sure to visit mindmoneyspectrum.com to access the entire library of episodes. Remember, it's not black and white, but the wide spectrum of gray area where you get to pursue the freedoms you want in life. Opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and has no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested in directly. Have a nice day.